We're getting back on track here with Catherine and Emily, but as you know, we won't stay there for long because this is the Going Off Track podcast. Hello, hello, and welcome back to the Going Off Track podcast. I'm Catherine, that's Emily, and boy, Vegas was quite the weekend. Oh, it was, and I wasn't sure that we would even have a weekend, but we did. Lots of things going on. Yeah, it it was it, it it was it was touch and go there for for a minute. I I feel like um, I I do feel like um, I I I think we t- we talked about this in our in our predictions episode that like behind the scenes was going to be an absolute mess, but the racing was going to be good. Yeah, and it was. That's pretty much what happened. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, and 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 I say I say racing, and I do just mean the race itself. Obviously, we will discuss what happened in the practice sessions, um, and and how much of a mess that was. But the the race itself was actually one of the most exciting races of the season. I I would say. No, definitely agree. Definitely agree. And I think just the whole lead up to Vegas and it being the first time in you know really big F one um, race there. I think it was you know, a good reward, let's say, if it was just a horrible race, it would be like leading all of this leading up to nothing. So yeah, yeah, exactly. I I think um, Lewis Hamilton said at some point this week, he said it was like Baku, but better. Um, And and that kind of makes sense, except, you know, Baku was a sprint weekend and it was therefore incredibly mediocre. But from a straight race standpoint, I can see the comparison. No, definitely. Yeah. I think it's an interesting comparison, but it's a good one. Yeah. All right. So with that, let's just jump into it because we have so much to cover so we can go into our hot lap recap for the Las Vegas Grand Prix and just kicking things off the beginning of the race weekend was a lot (laughs) to say the least. Yeah, I I was up until 5.30 in the morning watching all the coverage. And I, you know, in Argentina, do not have the best Wi-Fi. We're well aware of that. And the timing was just so hard. I was catching recaps and trying to get in as much as I could. Um, I did get FP2. um, Yes, you did. (laughs) Because of the timing change. (laughs) Thanks a lot, Carlos. Um, But everything else was on. It was just horrible, horrible, horrible. And with traveling and internet, it just was a nightmare. But um, yeah, I got yeah. to wake up to uh, FP2. So that was fun. Yeah, you were texting me like, Catherine, why are you still awake? <laughs> I know. Um, and I the answer was, early. I don't know. Well, I woke up early to like, watch the recaps and watch replays. And so I was like, oh, I'll get that in the morning, because FP1 and FP2 will already be done. And then I'm like, wait, fp2 is live right now what's going on so i like caught up on it and i was like oh my goodness this is insanity um yeah. and yeah you were on i think I I, like, what are you doing i think i sent you the same amount of messages that i sent you during um suzuka last season with yeah. everything that was happening during suzuka so you woke up to like 800 messages from me of everything that had been happening i did i did but no it was it was nice to you know have a decent time but I the entire time I was just thinking like the drivers must be so exhausted oh 
Absolutely. Um, and we'll, we'll get into the exhaustion and, and, and those, those types of issues um, in a little bit, but going into back to the hot lap and to the race, the race start was pure chaos. Um, Valtteri Botas got knocked into, and he really let Fernando Alonso know just how thrilled he was to be crashed into um, by bumping him in um, <laughs> with his car. It was, it was one of those like, Oh, that man is mad moments. I've never seen that from Valtteri. Well, Besides his, you know, Mercedes days. But Alfa Romeo, he's been pretty, you know, even keel. But it was uh, definitely interesting or fun to see, you know, both of them kind of duke it out. A little bit, yeah. (laughs) And then Lando crashed and went sliding into the runoff on turn 12 um, and had to be taken to the hospital as a precaution, which was wild. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was, it was a little scary. Like they, I I think they, they definitely waited to release the, um, the, the message, the radio messages until after they were sure he was actually okay. Cause initially it was just them. They, they put the text on, on screen of him saying, I'm okay, but they didn't like share the audio, um, until after he had left the the track. Well, the audio sounded horrible. Right. That's probably yeah, why was... they didn't do it, but um glad he's okay. He's been released. Everything's fine. Um, but yeah. that was a pretty scary moment. Yeah. And then Max Verstappen went on to overcome a five second penalty for pushing Charles Leclerc off track, which I do believe was due to a lack of grip on the track from the, the start of the race. Um, he collided with George Russell and still managed to win his 18th race of the season, making this the Max Vegas Grand Prix. Ugh, the Max Vegas Grand Prix. That makes me so sick to my stomach just hearing that. <laughs> it's fine. We'll give it to you this year, Max. Um, and coming down to the finish, Charles Leclerc overtook Sergio Perez on the final lap, um, and ended up in P2, started on pole, still didn't win, still can't convert, but he did finish 12 times, 12 times, that's the 12 times. Yes. Yeah, and speaking of Perez, after taking damage on the first lap, he managed to come back from way in the back of the grid to ultimately finish P3 and did what he could not do last year. He clinched second in the Drivers' Championship ahead of Lewis Hamilton, who was a non-factor in the race. No, absolutely. No, it was, again, 2023. Asterisk year. We don't care. Moving on. It's almost over. Almost over. We have one more race. Um the thing that I didn't love about this weekend was the cool down Rolls Royces. So there was yeah. no cool down room before the podium. There was a cool down car as they drove to the Bellagio, which was weird. I don't know. I didn't get it. Didn't need it. We'll we'll we'll, cool we'll get room. into some 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 <laughs> thought thoughts about that. It was. It was interesting. I think they could have executed it better, um, specifically in a convertible. Because if you're going to be driving them on the track, you should at least be driving them on the track in something that they can, like, wave the fans on. Exactly. Exactly. But that's kind of our recap for the Las Vegas Grand Prix. Highlights that we um, had from our side. But as we always do, we're definitely going to dig into some more. So the opening ceremonies, Catherine... What were your thoughts? My thoughts were actually, it wasn't terrible. Um, It it was, um, everybody was joking, like it was giving Hunger Games, which it totally was. was. Um, Hunger Games, absolutely. 
my thought was um, the the text from my dad, which was, "Well, this is dot 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 expensive," um, and um, the the music, the performers were good. I think the only issue is that there was not enough of like the drivers. Yeah, well, that's like what we were talking about in our um, predictions podcast. They spent so much money and effort on things that didn't actually affect the race, and yeah. then they didn't necessarily focus on things that did affect the race so like making sure the track was ready yeah um so to me it just like it was cool but it seemed so unnecessary yeah and it it, like it was I it was a half an hour I was watching it and I was like okay when are we getting the drivers and it was like 28 minutes in and then all of a sudden the drivers show up there in those like elevator things um they go up they go down and that's it and and then the the show was over so I feel like they could have done more to make it driver focused um I know that they do a lot of that like in the race weekend they have those like um they'll have the drivers come out and they'll like do Q and A's and do hype stuff for the fans that are at the Grand Prix. Um, but if you're going to do like something that's going to be televised, like I can watch Kylie Minogue on YouTube. I don't need to watch her do two songs really quick. It, you know, right before they're going to announce the, the drivers. Definitely agree. Definitely agree. I think again, learning curve with Vegas. It's the first year next year. Yep. Will be better. Third year. All the kinks hopefully are, you know, worked out. But, um, but no, it was kind of different to see and, you know, fun that it was televised and stuff like that. So, I don't yeah, know. Again, absolutely. I think it was completely unnecessary. And if it was more driver oh, yeah. focused, maybe I would have a different thought. But I thought it was just a lot. It was very Vegas, though. Very Vegas. Yeah. So, we'll see. I don't know. Yeah, diving into the next thing, which I think is the the biggest overarching issue that that at the end of the weekend that everybody is still having a problem with is the timing of the events. And obviously, you know, they want to do a night race for the spectacle. Totally get it. Um, But they definitely catered the timing to the European audiences at the detriment of literally everyone and also to the detriment of you know, most of the fans in the United States and most of the fans in South America where you are, um, yeah. because most of the the race adventures um, were happening in the middle of the night. Um, and, you know, I, I have in, in our rundown, if I have to wake up at four in the morning to watch Baku, then British fans can wake up at four in the morning so that the people who are living near the race can watch it without getting sleep deprived. 100%. Also, I understand Vegas will only work at night. You can't have a day mm-hmm. race in Vegas. It's not, it's too hot. It's not going to, you know, work. And it just takes away the allure of Vegas, you know, racing down the strip. Totally understand that. But I feel like we could have done a few hours earlier. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, I, I and think that you, you have know, such a good point of like people around the world are watching. I know we're catering to Europe. However, they can get up a little bit earlier, just a little bit. Because it yeah. was at such a convenient time for them and no one else. 
Yeah, and like even Toto was like nobody watches free practice one, um, which was the the Toto thing and the press the the team principals press conference was a whole other heaping helping of of ridiculousness based on what had happened in FP one, um, but you know everybody was was not happy with it, and especially if you're going to be double headering um, Vegas and Abu Dhabi, like you can't have the drivers driving at four o'clock in the morning and then expect them to be driving at a reasonable hour in Abu Dhabi. No, Five having these two back to back is insane. Absolutely insane. Yeah. Yeah. You you need a week between them. And like, you know, I understand that the race was held so late at night to minimize disruptions for the locals in Las Vegas who are already not happy about um the the Grand Prix itself and and all the disruption it's been, you know, happening to the city for for the last year. But this it, it's just not going to work. Like, you know, d- no, divert truly, track. it's just Las Vegas Boulevard. There's, there's side streets. There's, there's, re- there's ways to get around the strip if you're driving without having to drive down Las Vegas Boulevard. Yeah. I truly just like taking a step back and looking at it with clear eyes, maybe let's say, I truly don't think Las Vegas is going to work long-term. I think it will. I think that we won't be driving down the strip forever. I, I think that, that okay, they that's will fair. have if, if they move a, it off a, strip, then it could work. Yeah. That's yeah. Fair. You can cause the 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 paddock building um and like the pit straight and the start finish line, that's a permanent building. And I'm sure Formula One can afford to buy up the land around it to turn that into a track or turn it into a temporary track with something else near it. Um and like I get it, you know, driving around the sphere and everything, but there's ways to do it without, you know, making it as disruptive as it is. So I could see, you know, maybe not, you know, next year we'll have to do the song and dance again. But you know, I think maybe a couple years later they're they're gonna you know move it somewhere else no in Vegas. I agree I agree that's fair but they have to move it otherwise it's it causes too much disruption and there's too much going on so yeah exactly it, it's just like, like we said the the racing was great behind the scenes was an absolute freaking mess absolutely absolutely yeah and speaking of um, weird things that you only find in Vegas, what and we, we talked about this in the predictions that I didn't think was actually going to be talked about afterwards, that was, was the Paddock Wedding Chapel actually got used. It did. I think it got used a few times, but there was one iconic individual from F1 who actually got married. Yeah, yeah. 1997 champion Jack Milnev got married just hours before the disaster that was free practice one, which we'll talk about in a second. Um, but I just, you know, you th- going through that and having all that news come out, you're like, oh, this is actually kind of cool. And then free practice one happened. Yeah, so free practice one. Um, <laughs> I just... There's no words. This so to be completely honest, free practice one is what I was expecting from this weekend. And when yes. I woke up and was like catching up on what happened while I was sleeping, it a hundred percent was in my mind. Like, yes, this is Las Vegas Grand Prix. This is how the weekend's going to go. There's no hope because I've been doubting that everything is fine and the track is ready. Clearly, it wasn't. And yep. then it ends after what nine minutes, and then it's like what do we do? And they're like, oh, we're just going to have to check the entire track again and figure it out and we'll get back to you. And then we go into free practice two, which has been delayed so long. Four hours. Yeah, four hours. 
And then it's like, oh, we'll give you 90 minutes. 90 minutes is so dumb too. Like, I don't think they needed the 90 minutes. I don't know. I, I'm, point, I'm okay with I the think... 90 minutes because um, it was 90 minutes plus the nine minutes that you got out of free practice one means that they only lost about 20 minutes of track time from, you know, the, the cancellation and the debacle. So it, it kind of balances out enough, even though FP2 was kind of boring and I was basically falling asleep on the couch, you know, trying stupid. to stay awake through the rest of it. Well, the other thing- I understand why like, they did it. Yeah, oh, I understand. But at that point in the night, go to bed. Oh, also like, that. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know why we had to add it on to free practice two. Maybe they could have added it on to free practice three. And that way mm-hmm. they could actually sleep, extend one of the sessions. I don't know. I don't care. I know that would mess up qualifying, completely understand. But they looked so tired and they were just yeah. done. So, I mean, you have to remember they're driving insanely fast vehicles around corners. If you have no sleep, you shouldn't be driving, my personal opinion. But I just thought it was crazy. I- yeah, I think I think that's actually a recommendation that you're not supposed to drive when you're tired. Um, you've got someone like George Russell who came out and said that he had had taken what four naps um, between FP FP one and or the FP one that wasn't an FP two. Um, yeah, it was just I, I I feel for for the guys. I feel for Ferrari. Ferrari had a rough night that night. With, that was with, so you know, dumb. That, it destroyed Carlos's car. For him to get a penalty, it's like I would understand if he went off the racing line and nailed a wall. Totally understand. And that he had to do, you know, work on it. Completely understand. However, he was driving in the middle of the track and something was not properly, you know, taken care of and secure. And he gets penalized for it. That is complete and utter bullshit. And I cannot say that enough. So dumb. Yeah. I I, I thought about it a lot over the weekend of, you know, Basically, with with Carlos Sainz, his situation was when the when the track itself, nothing to do with his car, when the track destroyed his car, um, he had to replace um, his control electronics, and it was outside of the the number that you're allocated for the season. So therefore, he got that ten place grid penalty, and the people the the question that people were asking has been you know, how can he be given a penalty for something that he was not at fault for? Um, And basically the FIA and the stewards said, there's no precedence for us to make a, you know, a, a force majeure exception or something like that, because then, you know, then they would have to, you know, decide what is the qual- the criteria for force majeure. We've had these situations happen in the past before with um, drain covers coming off. Um, it's just never been, you know, dam- as damaging as it was to Car- Carlos's car because of the, the amount of downforce that he was running. Um, so I understand that it's bullshit. I also understand that it's complicated. And I think that for, um, formula one needs to figure out a way to make this, you know, something that doesn't happen again. Right. And I think just to be completely, and maybe I'm saying this cause I'm a Ferrari fan, but I think the FIA took the, well, it's going to be a lot of work for us to try and figure this out. So mm-hmm. we're not going to do anything and maybe we'll figure it out later. If something ever happens again, like to me, that's like, they took the easy, lazy way out on all this. I understand the penalty, why he got it completely get it. 
but it's like I said, he didn't drive his car into the side of a wall and have to repair all, you know, what $1.5 million in damage. Like you, yeah, it's insane. And Fred came out too. And he was like, it's costing us so much money. It's so expensive. And none of this is our fault. So yeah, ex- exactly. And, and, you know, in that team principles, team principles press conference, Fred was very, very Amen. understandably upset. Yeah. Um, he, he was, he was pissed. Um, and you know, they, they said that there was, um, something about the, the teams, you know, um, agreeing to an exception and that they're, um, uh, for, for Carlos and that that could have been an option for them. But then there was a rumor that there was one team that was not okay with there being an exception. And we could all guess which team that was Mercedes because Mercedes and Ferrari are fighting for P2. Um, and then which apparently that's understandable. called it out. I understand yeah. it. Like, I, you know, put any other team in Toto's position, I feel like they would do the same exact thing because you're competing for P2 in the constructors. Completely understand. However, I still think it should have been more the FIA saying, like, we're understand there's no precedent, but we can work through this. We'll figure it out. I don't know. That's just me, but... Yeah. I also think Toto was being a little bit hypocritical throughout the weekend. Like he made a comment in that press conference of like, you know, this has happened before. It's not a big deal. And also making a comment about how, you know, nobody watches FP1 because um, it's, you know, it's FP1 and it's not always very exciting. Um, and I, I just feel like that if he, like, if, if this was Lewis Hamilton's car that got torn up by a drain cover, he would be marching straight to to the FIA president to to be like you gotta you know you gotta do something about this so I think there's there's a little bit of hypocrisy with 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 Toto and some of the comments he made this weekend oh I completely agree love the man but I don't think a lot of what he was saying was fair and I think that any team principal put in Fred's position one would be upset two would want it to be rectified properly and you know force or not force but really fight for a I don't I don't know if I want to say like agreeable solution but like a better solution than the grid penalty that Carlos got I don't know yeah I, ab- absolutely I know that it's, it's, it's totally not cut and dry exactly yeah. and it's it's you we everyone can argue until the cows come home but you know it's I just used two analogies in one sentence um yeah. look at me go but it's ultimately up to the FIA and, you know, it is what it is. Yeah, yeah. And then speaking of, of fighting, the fans are also fighting because um, about uh, a bunch of them have come together for a class action lawsuit um, for getting kicked out of FP2. Um, and they were only offered a $200 merchandise voucher um, in, in compensation for A, losing out on basically all the all the days driving. And B, um, there were about 100 people that were still in the stands waiting for FP2 who were not told until FP2 was starting, until the broadcast had come back on, that they were not going to be allowed to stay for for free practice too um, at, you know, what was 2.30 in the morning in Vegas. It was so dumb. Yeah. I, I understand, but at the same time, it's so stupid. I was not impressed with the FIA this weekend. No, no. And I mean, it, well, that was that was not the FIA. That was more Formula One itself because they do run the, the Vegas Grand Prix. Um, and I, I feel like, you know, let the 
there, there's a hundred of them. Let them be there. I know that that I, I'm pretty sure some of the the consideration was like they have to open up Las Vegas Boulevard as soon as FP2 is over. Um, but the fans are paying so much money to be at Vegas, and some of them are only paying to be there at a free practice day. Like you yep. can't, like I don't care what time it is, you can't just kick out the ones that that are still there, especially if you're waiting to to kick them out until the eleventh hour. Oh, and a $200 voucher is probably less than what they paid for for the ticket. So stupid. It's it's less, less than a third of what they paid for. Yeah. No, it's yeah. wild. But leaving free practices and going into the race yes. is actually yes. better than I thought it would be, I will admit. So... I mean, every, every better than anyone thought it would be. It was it was a surprising like considering the track looks like an upside down pig. Um, it it actually gave us some 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 exciting racing. I think that the the Vegas Boulevard straight is a little too long, um, but we got some we got the second um, most number of overtakes um, this season behind Zanvoort. Um, turn fourteen was amazing. Um, great yeah. place to overtake. Great racing. It was very you know it 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 was it was very tricky. Um, you know the the drivers really had to be on it, and they they really I think they really showed out for it. No, I agree. I agree. It was really good racing. And I feel like the last few races, Brazil was, you know, good with all the overtakes too and stuff. But um, I feel like it's kind of just been, oh, well, Max is going to win. Max is going to win. Max is going to win. And it was a little bit more interesting and exciting. Um, He did get a five-second penalty. There was some racing right at the end with Charles Leclerc and Checo, which is exciting. Um, so I think we got a little bit more action than I was maybe anticipating. Yeah. And I, and I think that that low grip track really, you know, it, it played well into, you know, Ferrari's fan, Ferrari's hands. Um, Oscar Piastri, I want to note about Oscar is um, obviously he had to do um, a lot to, to save McLaren's weekend after Lando um, went out on turn I, what lap one um but um he he caused a little bit of a, an issue prior to the race and by he i do mean his driver's parade car which broke down in the worst possible way spilling oil all over the grid and um all over one side of the grid but it's already the you know with a low grip track like you don't want anything else on it especially not motor oil um so everybody on the even side including max and i think that's why max pushed leclerc off um when they were trying to go for the first turn was due to you know they they tried to mop up that that oil but it just you know those those cars with that track um surface just was it was it made it exciting it did it did yeah but. yeah and poor poor charles he you know he he tries so hard to convert his polls into a win and this was probably the closest he's gotten to to really you know taste that p1 um it's and, never and gonna happen really... Catherine. he's never gonna do it i mean he's he, never gonna he's, win he's 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 trying. He's won before. He's won five whole times, just not in the last 12 times he's gotten pole. Just what's the record, honestly? I think he holds it. If he doesn't, he'll be uh, there soon. He does. 
no, no, no. He, I'm, I am 99% sure that he does hold the record for most, um, pole positions, not converted to a win. Um, and also probably most pole po- on the Wikipedia page. <laughs> yeah. And also most pole positions converted into a max for step and win specifically. Which also to note, along with this being Max's 18th by 800th win of the season, um, he also now has 53 wins in his career, which ties him with Sebastian Vettel, um, our favorites. Um, And that puts him at like, I think, fourth most all time. Yeah. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah. Uh, I just love him. I mean, I don't. I appreciate it. (laughs) But really over max this season really over red bull i know you are i when i saw charles leclerc pass checo to get p2 i Mm -hmm. was pumped pumped yeah the fact that 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 checo has gotten got on the last lap twice in two races is just uh real fun is 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 uh what it is if you're a you're a perez fan but i i mean leclerc that that track really suits Ferrari really well. A lot, and if yeah. Red Bull, like if Max just wasn't this ridiculous, you know, one of the greatest drivers in the history of, of the sport, this would be a Ferrari track. And probably in a few years when Max decides to retire, this will be a Ferrari track. Yeah, no, a hundred percent. But Checo didn't have a terrible weekend. I mean, no. he got P3, and he also secured P2 in the Drivers' Championship, which was, I'm going to say, 99.9% guaranteed. Um, at, at the maybe po- maybe at we'll this drop point. it down to 85%, but it was pretty much all guaranteed that he was going to get P2 in the Drivers' Championship. Yeah, it, it was, you know... Obviously, Lewis Hamilton's disqualification did not help because he would have been within one point. Um, but the poor, you know, W14, you know, Mercedes car is just, they, they are ready to drive that thing off a cliff and set it on fire and never see it again, which totally tracks because it's it's not great. Lewis has been confirmed to clinch um, P3 in the driver's championship. So that question is is done. Um, and George Russell on the other side of the garage is confirmed for P8, which is the lowest Mercedes driver finish since 2012. Yeah. I've said this before. George has had a very unforgettable season. Yeah. It, it, he ha, he hasn't been doing well. Like last, last season was, was much better for him. But also... People who had great weekends that like we didn't see coming and that were definitely like not covered at all. Esteban Ocon and Lance Stroll. What the oh hell? Oh my gosh. I don't know what they had for breakfast. They must be eating their Wheaties. But yeah. I don't understand. I have no words. I don't understand it. How do you. I didn't even realize Ocon finished P4 until I was I doing the rundown. Either. I didn't either. I Because. They didn't show it. Like, that's the thing that's so frustrating is that you only see so much going on. And then the, mm-hmm. Pierre Gasly falls into this group as well. It's like, all the time. Oh, wait, where did they end up? How did they get there? Oh, I don't know because they didn't show it. Um, but no, really, really happy for Akon. He's been having, I'd say, a not memorable not season post, post um, Monaco, but. Um, you know, good for him. And Stroll, I know we 
talk, you know, were hard on Stroll. So it was nice to see him, you know, higher up in the points than normal or in the points. Um, he has had yeah. a more well, challenging season, let's say. Um, yeah. He did have the, you know, two broken wrists and then the um, the crash in, what am I trying to say? He had a crash in Singapore. That, yeah, yeah, yeah that, that I, yes, I think so. Singapore? Yeah, he he's he's had a he's had a rough season. He also had a five place grid penalty for impeding Carlos Sainz. Yeah. Um. So, and I think that what also helped Ocon was he was wearing a Deadpool helmet. So there, there explains your chaos right there. Um, apparently, he said that the helmet when he showed it to Ryan Reynolds, it almost made him cry. Um, and they, um, Ryan Reynolds' YouTube channel put out a, a clip of of them of him showing him the helmet, and it was just like really, really fun. It was really cool. I liked it. I thought it was a really cool helmet. I don't know how it fits into Vegas. Maybe just because it's in the U.S., but Ryan Reynolds is Canadian. Um, yeah, but I liked it. But I liked it. You know, but, why, but Ryan why was does it there. have to make sense? He was there. Why does it have to make sense? He is in the um, group that made an investment in Alpine next year. So, you know, who needs a full full connection of the dots? We're just, you know, I don't know. Exactly. But it was cool. It was a cool helmet. I loved all the helmets this weekend. Helmets and were great. The liveries, liveries were amazing. Oh, my gosh. I know. I... I loved it. I love when we change things up. I love when we don't know who's driving on track. It's which which actually was really, you know, relevant this weekend because the Mercedes and the Alfa Romeo Mercedes didn't change. They don't change their livery very often. They joked on social media about their um, special Vegas livery that they didn't have. You just look at their Instagram. It was kind of funny. Um, but the Alfa Romeo was black. It was covered in like card suits um, and looked like it could have been a Mercedes car. Um, so I'm sure that that um, uh, Botas was very excited about uh, driving in a car that looked like his old car. Seeing them like side by side, because someone posted like side by side, it's like they're the same exact car. Exactly. Um, and I think that the Ferrari livery was also a really nice classy livery. I think that the um, I the love race their suits, wing. I love the, the, wing, the wing. The wing was oh, great. Loved it. Yeah, I, I think that um, Carlos and Charles look like um, Thing 1 and Thing 2 from Dr. Seuss, um, oh, which was a little and, funny. The memes uh-huh. on social media attacking them was gold. So, so good. I yeah, no, I didn't like it, but I loved the livery, specifically the wing. Absolutely. Yeah. And then um, Red Bull, they threw in some some purple and some neon on their car and also had some Elvis themed race suits. I think that Max's Elvis themed race suit was a little bit better than Checo's red one. Checo's red one just made him look like a Ferrari driver. Wait, you think that Red Bull did something better for Max and not Checo? What? Also that. What? (laughs) Shocking. And yeah, no, he definitely looked like a Red Bull driver. I think the white ones were better, but it was still kind of a fun thing to go with an Elvis theme. Um, I Especially because Max had been ragging the entire weekend about being in Vegas oh. and everything about it. And then all of a sudden at the end of the race, he's like, actually, that was really fun. Yeah, he had a piss poor attitude about the entire thing. And then all of a sudden he's like, oh, yeah, this is great. See him leave Las Vegas, just, you know, enjoying yeah. himself. My goodness. Um, the other car I really, really, really loved was Alphatari. I loved yes. this livery. So cool. 
so so cool. which they're keeping for Abu Dhabi they're, yeah. they're they decided that they're gonna they're gonna stick with it uh for for the, this coming weekend which I think is is really I, I I think it was a little like a little mixed feelings but I really liked it I did too I think it's much better than their traditional livery that they have so agreed that was fun yeah and then really quick, going back to the uh, cools down Rolls Royce at the end of the race. Um, I just, the the biggest thing I have about it is I feel like the, you know, doing the post-race interviews outside the Bellagio was just like not necessary, um, especially if you're putting the drivers in a car and driving on the track that the fans are just seeing a Rolls Royce drive by. Like, okay, and like, at least put them in a convertible so the drivers can wave. Like, sure, we got some fun cool down car stuff, but like, I would rather them be able to engage with the fans if they're going to be driving them down the track anyway. I just want the cool down room. Period. Or that. Like, yeah. in Miami, they put them in the golf carts, they drive them to the other side of the stadium, and like, we kind of see it, but there is a cool down room. I, mm-hmm. I don't see why we can't just put them in golf carts and drive them quickly and have a cool down room. I just don't think they need to go to the Bellagio. Like, I love the Bellagio. It's my favorite Vegas hotel. (laughs) And and love the fountains. Obviously, Ocean's Eleven, blah, blah, blah. But, like, it was not necessary. No, it wasn't. But I do just want to pause and go off track here for a second. I love how you talk about Las Vegas hotels. Like, you've been there a million times. You're like, well, the Bellagio is my favorite. Like, I, I have been to Vegas I a bunch it. of times. I love it. I love it. I love it. It just, it's, it's funny to me because normally people go to Vegas and it's not like, it's a one-time thing, but I know you've been a lot for, um, previous job oh do you do you mean my 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 vendetta against the win hotel is is that what you're saying because i have opinions about places yes i just and I also i strong opinions of las vegas hotels that's what we can do next year is rank Catherine's top las vegas hotels <laughs> where you should stay where you shouldn't stay for the las vegas grand prix I, I will say that, except it's already been done by former BuzzFeed personality Sophia Nygaard. She has a whole two-part series about all of the Vegas Strip hotels. Um, if you have a couple hours, highly recommend. But anyway. But anyway, we can get back on track and jump into our uh, predictions and how we did. But I just, yes, I love that. I just, it makes me, Thanks. it makes me smile. Um, but looking at our predictions... You know, I think I'm just swinging and missing and hoping for the best here, but I did get poll. So you did. Like I said, like I said in our predictions podcast, um, I was like, you know, Charles can do one fast lap and he's been looking really good in quality. So let's give him a shot in Vegas. And I was right. He got pole. He did not win. Classic. Um, you had Max and Max yep. did not get pole, but he did win. And then he did. At our I got two out of three. You killed it on podium. P2 is the hardest one for us. We usually get P1 and mm-hmm. P3, but not P2. Um, so That's yeah, so you weird. Had, it is, but you had Max, Fernando, Checo. Fernando obviously did not get P2. I had Max, Lewis, Fernando, and that obviously did not happen. So Yeah. I also want to interject real quick. Um, somebody called us um, boring Americans for our predictions, and I'm just like, 
boring predictions checks notes oh because we uh i picked two of the three correctly and max keeps max has won most of the races this year are i think it's not because we're boring americans i think it's just because max keeps winning yeah like what do you what do you want me to do pick alex albon as as a winner just to throw in a wild card i like being right hey don't hate on me picking Alex Albon for P3 in a race. No, that I did. You, don't yeah, hate on me that, for that. No, hey, but everybody th- picked him for that weekend, so it wasn't Everyone just did. you. No, he was looking so good. No, I think the predictions are fun. Maybe I miss them all the time, but again, these are like hopeful. If I had money in it, I would definitely probably pick other people. I know definitely probably are contradictory, but... This is just for funsies, guys. Yeah. Um, anyway, P10. Anyway, P10 was Oscar. Catherine picked Daniel. I, you know, so hopefully picked Sargent. Both really struggled all race. But Sargent did yeah. qualify. I just want to take a beat because Sargent did qualify. He made it to Q3. Really well. He qualified really well. You know, hats off to him. I really see him coming around, hopefully. And hoping that he gets to keep the seat at Williams. So fingers crossed yeah, for him. I, I, I know we I, I think, know we went from we went from like take him out, put yeah. back in to now we're like, hopefully he gets to stay. We flip-flop on this podcast. I I I think he's I think he's gonna I think we're gonna hear about that soon. He was the best American qualifier in a race since nineteen eighty seven. I think there's a good chance that he's gonna stick around for next year. Yeah. Um biggest surprise. So Catherine thought that Haas was going to have a Good weekend. And and they didn't. They did not. I they, the they still surprise. only qualify. Yeah. Oh my god, I know. Poor poor K Mags and Hulk. But I also did not think the race would actually happen. That would be my biggest surprise if it did actually happen. It was it was touch and go there for a little bit, but at the end of it, yeah, there was a race. So you know, it wasn't really touch and go. It was just FP1. It was like, oh, Carlos's car blew up, basically. And mm-hmm. now we're delayed. So um, who's going to do a dumb? So Catherine is back on her Ferrari hating train and said that they were going to blow the strategy. I'm going to give you this one because they had Charles doing a one stop. So... Yeah, I think they, I I don't want to say that they, obviously they had a really rough weekend, but I do think that they did not get the strategy right. I think they did what they could um, and they were going for track position on the second safety car after when, um, after Max and and George collided um, and and they really didn't have a choice but to keep him on the one stop. Um, But I don't think that 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 should have been their plan A. No, definitely agree. They missed it. Swing and a miss from Ferrari once again. But again, you know, FP2 is not the worst in the world. It's not winning, but I don't know. I'm still just struggling being a Ferrari fan this year, so. I know you are. (sighs) But my dumb was that I just said that Haas was yet again for the third time not going to have a good home race, and they did not. And you were right. I was right. I was right. Yeah. Hulk had to DNF. I can only get the dumbs and poll. Those are the only things I can ever predict. (laughs) But I also feel like you picked it. You you were 100% on a podium, though. 
You were one hundred percent on a on a podium this year. And I think I'm the only I, I don't I think that's the only one we've had hundred percent. I think so too. Oh, yeah. All right. I'll give myself Brilliant. a little bit more credit. Well, Vegas came and it went. I'm so glad this we survived. Was not a sprint weekend. Could you imagine if it oh was my a God. sprint weekend? <gasps> no. We're done with sprints though, officially. Until next For the season. Thank God. But <laughs> I final thoughts, final closing thoughts from Emily. I truly think next year we need to do a little bit better planning for Vegas. Yeah. But it went yeah, to be I honest, think, it think went s- better than I thought it was going to. Yeah, it it got better. I think that um there there was a lot of people parroting out storylines of this is the biggest sporting event in the world and this is the biggest sporting event in Vegas. Everything's amazing. This is setting the bar for sporting events internationally. And I think that that was a lot of that was being said um when it was definitely incorrect. Like it got there in the end. Um but I think that um, insisting that people, <clears throat> the team principals, parrot this storyline, um, and 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 you know, are were very harsh in not criticizing the Grand Prix because it's self-owned. I think that was a little bit embarrassing for these very well-educated, smart team principals who know what they're doing and should be allowed to criticize something when it's wrong. I could not have said it better myself, even if I tried. Thanks. That's why I have you around. <laughs> I do it Just again. Uh, well, coming up next, we have the last race of the season, the Abu Dhabi Grand Prix. So we will have our predictions podcast out on Thursday. Appreciate all the flexibility with my travel and internet issues over here. When in Argentina, <laughs> let me tell you. But that has yep. been the podcast. Thanks for going off track with us, guys.